Competition is only healthy for the customer, for the consumer. It's not healthy for the creatives and the business people. If you're running a business, you don't want competition. You just want to dominate. You want to take over. It's simple as that. Welcome back to ColorPod with Kazid. Thank you so much for tuning in. Creative market is saturated. How do we get ahead? That's the topic that we're going to be covering. 100% of the advice is going to be coming straight out of my heart and the stuff that I'm doing that is working. And then we'll just dish the rest, okay? And spoiler alert, if you want your stuff to bang and if you want to get ahead, it has to come from here. You got to be honest, okay? And you got to be earnest with what it is that you're preaching and what it is that you're doing. I have it broken down in like little chunks. So it's going to be very digestible. So let's start with, first of all, you know, looking at the elephant in the room, Market is too saturated, question mark. Is it really? So let's talk about it. When you think about our market, right? The creative industry is saturated. So is every other market, okay? So you think it's easy to become a lawyer or a banker or any traditional job that you can think of being a developer in San Francisco? It's near impossible. You gotta know somebody that knows somebody to get in, right? So it's not easy. Back in the day when I first started out like shooting and editing stuff, I would just hear from photographer, the same story. Dude, the market is so saturated. I'm talking about back in 2009, 2010. I would hear the same thing from videographers. We can't get weddings because the market is so cre like competitive. And I would hear the same thing from editors. Bro, like I started doing X, Y, and Z because the market is so saturated and it's so out of control. But then on the other hand, you have these rock stars that are knocking it out of the park. They're absolutely killing the game. So what's the difference? right? Like that's the question that you got to ask yourself. So before you get into that mindset of just like, oh, poor us. And like, I just happened to chose a wrong field. What if you just sit back, grab, grab a notepad and just write down like, what's the difference? What's the difference between that? Like maybe 1% people that are killing it compared to everyone else. The way we're going to address that is like, we have to look at like, what are the reasons why you might be affected, right? Like by that problem that the market is saturated and you can't find work. So I'm going to break it into two main categories. The first one is going to be, you're probably not as good as you think you are. And once again, it's all coming from here. And the, why do I say like, you're not as good as you think you are? Because I was going through the same exact phase back in 2012 when I remember one of my friends, and at the, at the time I considered him my mentor because he just helped me so much through that period. And his advice to me was like, ditch your cinematography uh, dreams and go with your editing. So at the time, like my website would show you, I'm a cinematographer, I'm an editor, I can do it all. I'm a jack of all trades. And he said, your body of work is way better and way more impressive with editing than it is with cinematography. So if you don't wanna compete, if you don't want to take on $200 jobs, then ditch this subpar thing and stick with this like high-end stuff that's going to pay you what you're worth and you're going to find work, right? It's going to become like your blue ocean. That was a crazy advice. And then the second thing that might be affecting you is inconsistency because what happens is that it happens to all of us. If we're not good at something, it's difficult for us to do and we don't want to do it, right? And, and, and that makes us inconsistent. So there's nothing chronically wrong with you. It's just that you lose motivation. Hey, why do I keep going and do, doing this? Like when the result is going to be the same. Uh, I'll rather go play FIFA. I mean, 
I want to play FIFA, like whether I'm winning or not. Like, I mean, it's just, uh, it doesn't get better than that. But, you know, that's a different story. Sidebar. This is the first year in the last, I don't know, man, like seven or nine years that I am not going nuts with FIFA right now. Because FIFA drops uh, in late September usually, and then they do all these promos for Black Friday, and I go nuts. And this is the first time that I'm not playing FIFA because I just got a lot cooking. So you guys should be super stoked because I got a lot cooking right now and it's not just for me, it's gonna be for you guys too. So it's it's exciting stuff that's happening here. Okay, so we defined like the the problems that might be causing you know that effect that market is too saturated for you. So now jump into, let's jump into the next part of it, which is the coping mechanism, right? So then what do we do when we're just like, we're being affected, right? So like when we're just going like, this is not working for us, something is wrong, what we do is like we go to these things, okay? So the first thing, the first part of coping mechanism is that you start competing, right? Like you're just looking at competition and everything is that competition. Like everything is based on that competition and you're spending too much time on that. Competition is only healthy for the customer, for the consumer. It's not healthy for the creatives and the business people. Like if you're running a business, you don't want competition. You just want to dominate. You want to take over. It's simple as that, okay? And if somebody tells you differently, they're just bullshitting you. Like, I don't want to compete. I don't want to go compete on prices and see what somebody else is selling their course for and then lower the price because that leads us to the second part of this, lowering prices, right? So like you go and you, you know, you see somebody selling a course for uh, 700 bucks and you have it for a thousand bucks and you go, hey man, this is the reason why nobody is buying my course. I'm going to drop it to 650. And then the other guy goes, sees you're selling it for 650 and they go, dude, I can't be selling mine for 700 bucks. Like I'll drop it to 500. And then it's just like race to the bottom. Okay. Nobody wins. Why? Then why the hell brands like Porsche still selling their cars for like 150K whether there's inflation, whether the economy is going to hell, they don't care. And their business is booming 24-7, okay? Why is Apple products so freaking expensive? And even somebody in a country where they don't have clean water and food, they are walking around with the latest iPhone. Why is that happening? Because cons consumers will always spend money on something that they think that the value exceeds the price they paid. Okay, it always comes down to that. Like if I can sell you something, this is why I, my course is pretty expensive. Why is it expensive? Because I know the information in it is sick and you're actually going to get what I'm promising you to get and times 10. So then it, I, it doesn't matter. I can put any price on it and you're gonna win and I'm gonna win. Okay, so I don't have to compete anymore. Uh, that, that spineless mindset of just like, I can't charge 500 a day because Joe is charging 450 a day. So now I'm going to charge 300 a day to be competitive. Nobody wants that. You don't want to turn into like a Walmart brand. You want to be Louis Vuitton. The third thing in coping mechanism is do what others are doing, right? So like, that's what we start doing. We just see, oh, the competition is doing this. I'm also going to add this new service. Oh, the competition is doing that. I'm also going to add that because that's what's going to bring in like their customer base. That doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. What kind of card NVIDIA comes out with and what kind of advancements that's being done in like the PC world, I'm a Mac guy, okay? I, I, you know, they can, they can keep dropping their prices because that's the number one argument, right? People are always like, PC versus Mac. I can, I can beat your $20,000 machine with my $75 machine. Good for you, I don't care. 
once again, going back to that mindset, my ecosystem and what I'm comfortable with is Mac. So at that point, I'm sold on the product. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. So at that point, I don't care how expensive or how cheap it is. I'm going with that, bro. Like, you know, let's talk about something else. What else you got, right? Oh, you know, they came out with the M1 chip all of a sudden. Now I'm validated. I'm vindicated in my decision. Like, oh, there's not a faster chip in the market. And this is their day one, you know, for, for Apple to be developing their own chips. So can you imagine a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, right? So like we all have our biases and we can't come out of it, which is okay. As long as we think the money that I pay, if I spend 20 grand on a Mac Pro, if it's making me a million, then it, the cost is justified, okay? Like, I'm okay with it. If it gives me reliability, if it gives me speed, I'm totally fine with it. I don't care what it costs. Like, it's going to be relative to everybody. Moving on to the next step in the coping mechanism, people start following trends, right? So, like, uh, we live in the, the, the TikTok era, the real era, where is uh, the meme era, right? So, like, everything is everything. Everybody is doing these things, and then it's a variation of that thing and a variation of that thing and a variation of that thing. So, there's nothing necessarily too wrong with it if you throw your own flair on it because it's like, you know, the, the great artist steal the good ones, like, copy, you know? So, that's the difference, right? Like, it, there's nothing wrong with taking what's the winning formula but you have to then look inward and come up with something to throw your own flair on it, okay? To give it that spice, to give it that sauce. Another step in coping mechanism would be, you know, when, when you follow trends and when you do what others are doing, when you're lowering your prices, when you're spending too much time competing than creating, what's ending up happening is that you will lose your voice along the way, right? Now, who the hell are you? You're just a watered-down version of somebody, right? So like you basically become, you go from like an individual to be a wannabe, okay? Now you're a wannabe. You're just like, you took this and you took that and you think like you're forming something cool, but you ended up being like just a lame copycat. Of course, the market is saturated. Of course, nobody wants to hire you for gigs because why don't they get the original guy, right? So I mean, it's just, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not being harsh. I'm just like laying out the factors that play a really big role in all of this. And now I want to move into our solution. It's going to be like a five stage or five step plan. And that's going to make a lot of sense. Okay. So we're going to start from like, and I think, not I think, I'm sure it's in a sequential order. So we're going to go through and you'll see what I'm talking about. So the first solution is going to be be decisive. Remember that example, like my mentor helping me and telling me you got to ditch cinematography, you got to stick with editing. Uh, I made that decision. And then once I had made that decision, anytime when we make a very difficult decision, the first time it's really hard. The second time, it's not so hard. Third time it's a piece of cake. It's like, you know, second nature. So the first time I did it, cinematography to editing, it was kind of tough. Editing, editing to color grading, didn't even think about it. It was just a natural progression. Why? Because one, upselling customers or clients from editing to cinematography or editing to color grading is pretty easy. You already have their footage. You're already in the tool, in Resolve. You're just saying, hey, man, I finished the edit and hope you guys like it. And there is also another version where I just went ahead and did a quick grade. Like, let me know what you think. They look at it. They go, holy hell, like, this is insane. Like, 
uh, how much do you charge for color grading? Oh, it could be this much or that much. And you figure out the rates and you go from there. So the transition, you see how seamless that transition is. And in hindsight, the big picture is like cinematography or, or color grading is like cinematography in post. So now I'm getting that fixed, right? Because I'm a cinematographer. I went to school uh, for filmmaking to actually become a cinematographer. So I love that part. Had to give up that part because editing, I just had bigger clients and 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 more connections and everything. But then color grading was a full circle. Now I'm basically a cinematographer in post. I have even so much more control because cinematographers are working with me. So I'm basically getting free masterclasses. I'm working with people that are in the industry, talking to me and giving me insights and, you know, coming up with their own creative things that they want and challenges. And we solve them together in post. So it's just so much more exciting. And you see like how the whole thing works. Like you just have to have your eyes on the prize and everything will fall into place. So that leads us to the second factor to kill it or the second solution, I should say, which is bring value. So editing and I'm doing something for free first and then I show them they love it because I'm good at it. Now they want to hire me and I just created another income, right? So now editing is kind of slow. It's competitive. So like if editing is not working, well, I'm grading. So like I have these two symbiotic, like, you know, income sources that if this doesn't work, I can go to that and I can just keep going, right? Like going back and forth. So you always got to bring value and, and create content. And especially for content creators that are listening right now, when you're making stuff, like it's okay to, to you know, just talk about nothing every now and then, like one of your posts or something like that, it's fine. But if I'm going to give you my time, right? Uh, I just want to make sure I get something out of it. Like right now, the the current culture, when it comes to social media and internet consumption, we are all like information junkies, right? We're just kind of like, I got to learn, I got to learn, I got to learn. Like, I just got to go and I got to see something, right? And the uh, learning is a form of procrastination, right? So, but but it's like for the sophisticated people because people that are not learning and just being lazy flat out, they're either oversleeping, uh, they're doing nothing, they're just like literally playing games or whatever and not really progressing their career. But it's not that much better than people that are pretending to be doing something, but just like learning about nonsensical things that don't really apply uh, into your own career. Uh, there's nothing wrong with like learning anything and everything. I'm a big like factual guy. Like I'm always like I have like history books and stuff like right by my freaking bed because I just want to know what actually happened. Uh, I'm a huge nonfiction fan and just always learning about the most random things. But there's a difference when you're struggling and you can't cut through the noise and actually create, you know, what you're worth and be killing it in your industry, in your career. If that's what's going on, Focus on that first, right? Before you do the extracurricular, before you just like expand your brain and learn all these extra things, get really good at that one thing, okay? That is extremely important. Third solution in overcoming the, the saturated market and finding your mark is going to be staying away from, you know, this is what we do. And the, this one is like kind of niche, the example that I'm gonna use right now, but it's gonna make sense. People talk about problems without a context, okay? So what I'm saying is like, a lot of people have to compete and sell their uh, courses for 200 and 100 bucks and 50 bucks and 30 bucks is because it's just regurgitated information without any context. And if you go to my channel and if I'm teaching you how to use HDR palette 
and it's just a how-to, and I don't really bring it together in a real-world scenario, what did you just learn? Like, it's kind of useless. You might have just like learned about some a fun fact about elephants instead, because it's, you don't know where to apply it, in which context am I going to apply it, unless you're at a certain level. So when you are then sharing, whether if you're a content creator and you're creating reels and they're not banging and you're figuring out like, dude, what is going on? What do I have to do? You always have to think about like taking the knowledge, hard skill, and somehow infusing it with contextual data. Like this is how you do it. And that's when you would do it. Okay. How you do it, when you do it. Like you have to bring these two things together. When you do, it's a killer combo. Then once again, going back to that example of like charge what you want, and then the audience is just gonna come through. You don't have to do anything. You're just gonna be getting hundreds and thousands of followers all day, every day. Um, you know, Steven Zuber, I'm gonna give a shout out to my brother. You know, he's absolutely killing the game, right? My dude got like 112 or 120K followers in one month on Instagram. And he's not buying these followers. The information is just so sick that uh, floodgates are open and people are just coming in, right? So it's like, he doesn't have to do much. All he has to do is just focus on his thing. He just focuses on his thing and he's winning. He's absolutely killing the game, okay? The, the fourth solution here is going to be pick a lane. Are you all about information or are you an entertainer, right? So there's two like main packages uh, the way the information is delivered, sometimes there's like an in-between, but let's talk about the most general ones on YouTube. You're watching videos that are informational. So like a lot of my content is all information, right? Like we'll have a joke here and there, but most of it is just like, hey, let's get to it. This is what we're gonna do and let's do it, okay? And, and that's when you should do it, blah, 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 like with all of that, right? But it's it's nicely packaged, informative video. Then you got entertainers and entertainers are, you know, that's the content that goes viral because, you know, I see something, that person makes me laugh, I'm sharing it, right? Somebody's doing somebody's impersonation and it's just so freaking funny. I have to share it with my wife. I have to share it with my brother, send. And then he puts it on his story and that goes to hundreds of thousands of people, right? So which one is your lane? Don't just go, why don't I do entertainment? That's not my default. I am an entertainer off the camera, but when I'm borrowing your time and when I'm on screen and you guys are watching me, I don't know, something in me makes me wanna give value and not mess around. So I'm just sitting here going, how, 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 like let's, you know, when I'm like creating these lives, I'm going in and I'm just chopping stuff, chopping stuff. I'm like, you know, I'm just like, this is good, but how can we say it, you know, where it makes more sense. How can we say it where it's like, we just take out the fluff and we just give them exactly what it needs and hopefully, you know, it will stick. Because anything that I talk about, I'm talking to Kazi 10 years ago, right? What advice would I have given him that would have changed everything for him? So I'm always talking to me in the past and I'm just telling him, hey dude, do that instead. You know, like those videos, I wish I knew, da 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 da, that. Um, everything that I'm sharing, it's usually based on that. So that's why the, the advice and the tips and tricks are very grounded uh, because they're coming from that place. They're just not created in like thin air. Um, and then the third category is infotainment. So that's the person that is, you know, giving you information, but in a very entertaining package. And there's a lot of, there's, there's a guy named Nico in the watch world, because you know, I'm crazy with my watches and, um, 
This guy, Nico, is absolutely insane. He talks about watches. I mean, this guy is encyclopedia when it comes to watches. But man, it's so entertaining that if I have a choice to like listen to a stand-up or watch Nico's video, I will watch Nico's video because it is just hilarious. It's just so good. And then when I walk away from it, I'm like, dude, I just learned so freaking much. Like this was insane. Somebody said, give me your pullover, bro. So this is the Cosman merch. You can search on the internet, just type in the Cosman Shopify store or something like that and it'll pop up. Go get yourself this and when you do, hit me up and let me know. Uh, I don't promote my merch and we don't sell a lot of merch because it's like hidden under all these links. But I feel like I just need to get better at it because look at this, it doesn't get sicker than this. This thing is insane. I'm so proud of it. And over my closet filled with like really nice clothes, I'm always defaulting to this because one, it's the most comfortable thing. And two, I'm very proud of it. It's amazing. All right, so going back to it, uh, infotainment. I feel like that is the hype right now. That is really, really hot right now. If you can figure out to, to script something that has a little bit of enter entertainment aspect because that is the virality gauge, that's what's gonna go crazy. And then you just have the meat, which is the information. Can you find that? Can you infuse? Can you bring those things, two things together? That's the name of the game. And you can get better at it. So like, I mean, if right now you're saying, ah, no, dude, la, 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 la. It's okay, but don't put too much, uh, too many restrictions on yourself. That's not the same as copying someone or, or not being authentic. Because I'm not saying don't ever learn anything, don't get better at stuff. Of course you wanna do that. So if you're seeing my, I'm doing infotainment, you know, or informational videos, that's what I'm doing, right? But my recent videos are starting to blow up, right? The, the GoPro video got like, uh, sitting at 157,000 views in a couple of weeks, why? because now I'm actually writing this. I'm actually putting my uh, school education to work. So now I'm like doing a lot more script writing and I'm like creating cold opens, right? Like creating these hooks. So that video, I, I came up with the hook like where I'm sitting here and I'm going, how the hell did they do that with Alexa Mini LF? Dot, 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 you know, word, 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 word. Every word has more power than the last. And it's just like, how the hell did they do that with Alexa Mini LF? boom, break, right? And then the audience in the first four seconds is like, whoa, how the hell did they do that with Alexa Mini LF? I got you, I got you, right? And now the content is sick. So it started with that like crazy hook, some entertainment, and then once you're in, I'm gonna give you so much uh, good information that you're gonna go, all right, th this dude is all right. This dude is all right, I'm, I'm gonna sub him. Like this guy is good. Right, so that, that's the whole mindset. So I want you to tap into that, right? Like uh, I just shared a story on my Instagram that said uh, that the girl that does thumbnails for uh, Stephen Barlett, yeah, one of the best podcasters in the world. Uh, the, the company that uh, handles his like social media, they do 100 different revisions of thumbnails per video. And when you watch his thumbnails, they're the simplest thumbnails over a back, uh, black background uh, person on a black background with some text. And even then, they're doing 100 different variations and they're collecting data and then they're sticking with one. But on your end, you and I just watch the video and go, oh man, this freaking lucky SOB. Like everything that he just puts out turns into gold. You don't know what's happening on the back end, right? Like anybody who's killing the game like in social media and YouTube, 
You you guys, like, people just don't really have, you know, I don't want to just, like, generalize and say you guys have no idea, but I'm just saying a lot of people don't have an idea. People just go, oh, dude, you're a YouTuber. Huh. Like, I can be a YouTuber. Go be a YouTuber, right? Like, every time when you meet someone who's really good at something, that person will have monster admiration for every single skill and for everyone else, right? Like, we all probably know those people that say, Athletes get paid too much. Actors get paid too much. This person gets paid too much. People that are saying that are are actually affected. They're not really good at their thing. So they just think, well, I do this like in my sleep. Why can't they do it in their sleep? If you're really going to be exceptional, it shouldn't be that easy. And you should constantly be pushing the envelope. If something is too easy, let's keep making it more difficult. Let's keep like leveling up. It's like playing a game on easy settings. It doesn't matter how easily you can beat it. Like, you're going to get bored. You don't want to play that game because it's not challenging. And the more challenging it is, the better you're going to get at it. And you're going to be just so much more drawn to it, right? Like, you're just going to be like, oh, man, I'm addicted. I want to keep going. So those are the things that you have to think about. Now, let's move on to our final. So the final solution here is going to be give context, okay? So you have to give some sort of like context to people. And let me tell you this, content without context is a car without an engine. It doesn't matter how pretty it is, how sexy it is, it's not going anywhere, okay? It's just sitting still. And you have to get that through your head. The content that people are giving and it's not banging is because it's without context. And people are taking it and going, what am I supposed to do with this? So they don't like, and they swipe away. And when they, when you get enough swipe aways in the beginning, your stuff is not going anywhere, right? And, and you're probably sitting there going, my stuff is as good as Gary V's. What the hell is going on? Why isn't it blowing up? Or my stuff is as good as like X, Y, and Z, whoever in your industry, why isn't it banging? You're missing that key ingredient, okay? You, you, like even like the video that I just told you about, like, you know, the GoPro one, how did they do that? Well, Alexa Mini, I left. Then... When you watch the information, it's so freaking sick. And then it brings everything together that everything that I showed you in the beginning to pull you in, I delivered on that and then some, okay? So that's where you have to bring all those worlds together. Because in the video, I do show you that, hey, why did we do that? Well, we did that because you can use this and you should use these techniques in these scenarios. And once I connect all the dots, that's when the thing becomes shareable, right? Like you just go, you go, huh, light bulb. I should share this with John. I should share, you know, share this with Kara. Like, you know, they should watch this. And uh, I remember talking to them last week and they were saying they were feeling X, Y, and Z or like, you know, hitting a snag, like whatever it is, this is the solution. They should check it out, uh, you know? So that there was like, the, the content had context and it just became more than one video. It became more than just that thing. Uh, and when that happens, people are going to keep coming back. Uh, viewers are going to keep coming back. Your channel is going to keep growing. So my wife told me yesterday, she's like, my God, like our uh, audience right now and our growth is so healthy. A and I said, yeah. And it was really difficult with what's happening recently because I took like pretty much like a 180. Um, and and uh, we just took a turn. So on Instagram, I used to do what do you call it? The time lapses, right? So we would do time lapse reels, always banged because the setup is so killer. 
and then we would do before and after reels. I want to do those still, but I'm like, just to me, uh, again, 10 years ago, if Kazi, who wants to be a colorist, what kind of channels, what kind of accounts he wants to follow? And the answer was that, yeah, these are cool. Like the time lapses are cool. I can share them. I can look that, look, you know, look them up. I can save them, whatever. But I need more. I need to like learn some things and I need to learn it quick. So then I went, I'm going to start creating like these tips based reels. And when we started doing them, oh my God. You know, like those accounts where you go and uh, people hide shares. It just all this is weird to me. I don't know why Instagram did that. Like if they were going to commit to it, then make it like don't share likes for anybody because now it's just kind of weird. It's like people will have all their posts that are getting good likes open to public. And then the ones that are not going to bang, they make them private thinking like, oh, it's embarrassing. I'm just going to hide it. I think it makes it worse because anytime I go and look at somebody's post and it just says likes are hidden, I'm like, oh, dude, this is shit. I don't want to watch it. Like I'm out of here. Right. But what I'm getting at is that when I started doing the tips based reels, that's exactly what happened to us. I didn't hide the likes, but we were getting on an account that has 460 plus thousand followers. I was getting about 150 and 300 likes per post, which just means the what it basically means likes the way you want to look at it is that the reach is nerfed. Right. So when I would look at the reach, it was shown to only like 5,000 people, 6,000 people. And then out of those, I had like a 10% conversion, right? So like I was getting 600 likes for 6,000 people that it was shown to. And I'm looking at it and I'm going, well, this kind of sucks. Like this stuff must not be that good. Like what's really going on? And what was happening is that it was a brand new format for my channel. Instagram doesn't know. Instagram is basically like, bro, this is very different than what you usually feed me. Is that going to be a new thing now? Or is it just like a one-off thing? So my direction was for the brand, we're going to stick with it. It's going to suck. It's going to stink. It's going to put me in that mindset of like what we said in the beginning, where I would want to be inconsistent because what's the point of posting these? It's actually embarrassing because somebody is like somebody who's new landing on my page, looking at 467,000 followers and his latest post got 400 likes. This guy's a scam. You know, this guy bought his followers like something is wrong. And I'm like, I don't care shut the fuck up, right, to myself. And I'm like, just keep doing it. Just keep going. Just stop it. Just stop looking at it, right? Like, just keep producing. So going back to, circling back to when my wife yesterday or last night said, hey, the consistent, like, the, the growth is, like, unparalleled. Like, this is really crazy. And I said, well, look at the library now. Like, just keep scrolling. You just keep scrolling. And we have, like, I don't even know, like, 40, 50 uh, tip-based reels back-to-back. So now we created content with a lot of context, a lot of soul, and there is so much of it. It's sort of like, why do every streaming service want their own original? Because you don't want to just go to Netflix and HBO and they all have the same stuff. You're like, why do I need seven services? I'll just cancel the six and keep the one. But when you have severance, when you have the morning show, ah, now I got to you know, subscribe to Apple TV. Then Narcos, oh man, like, I mean, you know, there's, there's like the new Arnold documentary. Ah, I got to subscribe to Netflix, right? Same thing goes with everything else. Game of Thrones, you know, da, 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 I got to go to HBO. And now you're hooked. They got you hooked. It doesn't matter how much they're charging you. Now the price is not the factor. 
You just need that product. You need that thing. So now that I'm looking at it and like we're building this library, it's deep and it's becoming, now the, the stuff is coming up, right? Like the last one, not right now, but the, the few days ago, a reel that I posted just passed over 10,000 likes. And again, that doesn't just mean a, a vanity like metric, like 10,000 likes, like I'm so happy. No, it means like it was shared more than 1,500 uh, times and it was saved, uh, I think 7,000 or 8,000 times. So like these are really healthy numbers, right? So like that means people are eating up what you're putting out and they're getting it and they're actually finding a lot of value in it. Um, so those are the things that I have uh, here for you. How can we attack and, and start looking at this market not as like, oh, poor me, something is happening to me. Uh, how can we get ahead of that mindset? Uh, strong mindset is everything, right? Like that's why... You know, going back to like Arnold's documentary, I just watched it and he constantly connect the two things together, like his success to his bodybuilding. Because what it takes to be, you know, looking like he did, that chiseled and that yoked and the best in the world, it took a lot of discipline. And it there was a lot of pain attached to it, but he just kept doing it. So when he built that muscle memory and that discipline, then it easily translated into now I'm going to be the most famous actor in the world. Now I'm going to uh, be the governor of the one of the biggest states in the country, right? So all these things came from that and it just carried over. It carried over. It carried over, right? So hopefully you guys found some good value in this. I'm going to look at some questions. If we have some, uh, I'm going to answer them. Pritam said, how do you ideate how to grade a clip, for example, a girl walking in a field holding white flowers. Good. Okay. So let's just say if we have a scenario like that, what I would do is like one, uh, as always, start with asking a lot of questions. So like if you're working for a client, ask them like, hey, what's going on here? If that's something you shot uh, to me, there's a couple of different directions we can go in. So like, I'm just thinking, right? Like, so the first thing that's coming to my mind is the beginning of the movie, The Gladiator, right? So like when you think of the movie, The Gladiator, there's that opening scene where it's like the mom with the kid walking down uh, the fields and it's just like so freaking nice and warm and bright and moody at the same time. And that's what's going through my head right now. In my head, it should be a really nice, warm, cozy like look, right? So like we will like shift our palette toward that. And that would be like my first look. Uh, then uh, the thing that you can also do is like something called a lookbook where you would just like do a very general, like um, broad stroke look and you will create like three different variations of it. So let's just say we do one of those. Then think about a movie, let's switch gears and think about a movie like 300 and they're using very different types of palettes, right? So like it's really warm and then it's very cold. So let's take the cold palette from the movie 300 and now quickly build a look like that, right? And once again, broad strokes, okay? So you're just like really using your lift gamma gain and you're just, you're offset and you're just like really getting a picture. So we have the gladiator warm look. We have a 300 cooler look, very stylized, bleach bypass-esque. And then we do the clean look, okay? And then the clean look would be, I just wanna make sure that my whites are pure white right? So like I take my gain and I cancel out any like warmth that's in the image and make it really clean. And I do the same thing uh, in my shadows. So I take my lift and I start messing around with it where there's not like this like warmth seeping into it or like if there's any like 
you know, tinge like green or something, I pulled that out and I put my image in like this very nice, pristine, clean place. And then I can just like really make it pop. So I can take the contrast or the S curve and I can push it. So now I have my clean look. I got my warm look. I got my cooler like bleach bypass look. And then I just go from there. I look at the three and I go, uh, for this context, I think I'm going to stick with warm. Warm looks just really good, you know? So that's how I would attack it. So somebody's saying like, hey, can we start color grading on an iPad? If there's one thing that we learned from Apple's M chips, that they are absolutely insane, okay? So iPad to this day, I think, so I think on iPad, they're up to, or iPad Pro, they're now on to generation six or seven. And I just realized that I still own generation three. That is not me. I'm the guy with the latest and the greatest. And I never even noticed it because it is still the fastest browsing machine that I own in my house. Like, it's crazy. It's wild how quick it is. So I actually downloaded the Resolve app and played around with it. Yes. And, and my answer to you always is going to be the best tool that you need for the job is the one that you have. Use it. Get better at it you're going to get to a point where you're going to get past what it's capable of. And that's when you know it's time to upgrade. Um, as creators, we're all gearheads and we want the uh, going back to latest and the greatest. But we just have to realize like one way to kind of control that and, and keep yourself in check is I'm going to get it. So say that to yourself, but only if I earned it. So i Put like, you know, the reason why the systems that I have, the computers that I have is because I use Resolve and it really tests everything and pushes everything to its limits, like really, really crazy. So when that happens, I'm just like, I think it's time to upgrade. Sometimes it's an overkill. Like right now I have 384 gigs worth of RAM. I, it never uses it. It never goes that crazy. So I don't know what was going through my head when I went that nuts. I should have done like maybe maximum 192. That should be good enough, which by the way, Speaking of that, I have Mac Studio M2 Ultra maxed out. I think the final number was like 9,500 or something like that uh, sitting in, in my kitchen right now. So it just got delivered about 15 minutes before I went live. I am beyond excited. Actually, five years ago me, I would have canceled the live. I would have been so excited that I would have been like, hey, love you guys. I got this toy, I got to play with it. But like right now, I'm just like, you know, I think that's what happens when you're old like me. You know, you, you just can separate the emotion and excitement from like the juice. Uh, but what I'm planning on doing, so stay on a lookout next week, I actually want to do a legit DaVinci Resolve comparison for the 2019 Mac Pro souped up versus M2 Ultra maxed out and put them head to head with each other. The test should be basically a current gig commercial that I'm working on or a short film that I completed. And what are the holdups on each end, right? When I used noise reduction or something like that and it was doing X, well, how is it performing in the other system? And kind of do that sort of like real world because my frustration was that uh, the reason why it took me so long to buy the M2 Ultra uh, or, to, or to try the Mac Studio is because I never got the answer. 
there is nothing like that. So you go on YouTube and you watch these videos and they're very like generic, high level, benchmarked up stuff. It's okay. You know, nothing wrong with it. Um, and it did help like answer a lot of the things. But when it comes to like really the crazy juice, like where you want to do like this nuance comparison, it's always about the nuances, right? For professionals. Um, for majority of the audience, doesn't matter. It's fine, right? But for people that are doing like grading and high level stuff, like really, really complex stuff and uh, computing that your system has to do, I feel like we just need to go a little bit deeper and like look at those like little things instead of just like export times. I don't remember the last time it was a problem. I mean, I do my exports when I'm going to sleep, so it doesn't matter. I mean, you know, it took eight hours. Huh. I mean, it can also be done in 30 minutes. Cool. Some people, it might be, you know, a big deal. But what I'm saying is like, for me, that is okay. But what's more important is that I have to turn on cash. I have to turn off these seven things, seven nodes to get like a straight playback. I'm not saying that's what I have to do, but I'm just, you know, creating a scenario. Well, what if the new system, I can leave all of that on and I can just keep working? How much more creative am I going to be? Because what happens is that when you take that friction out, right? When you when you throw grain and when you throw glow and when you throw like noise reduction on your footage and it chokes, it in a way discourages you to use those tools. You're just like, ah, if I can get away without it, I'll just do that. But if my system eats it up, no matter what I throw at it, Dude, I'm Picasso, baby. Like, I'm just throwing any and every effect on it. And now I'm just going through my R&D phase. Like, I'm just doing so much research, trying out so many new tools because it's handling it. It's taking it. All of a sudden, you know, that in turn will turn me into a better colorist. People are going to be like, how are you coming up with, like, these things? Like, this is insane. Like, we didn't even think that this thing existed. Well, me neither, you know? But now I do because I had the tool that let me do it. So that's why, you know, that's that's the, the, the that's what I say when people are just like, oh, I should wait because they're going to come out with M3 in July. Well, what's the cost factor? What's the price do you put on uh, opportunity that you didn't have or you're going to lose out on until July for you to save 800 bucks? So the way I look at it is that I bought M2 Ultra maxed out. Okay, cool. I'm going to use it till July. Um, they come out with M3 and it's the latest and the greatest and it's amazing. One, I think I won't need to jump on it because I'm already doing really good. This system is going to be fast if I decided to keep it, first of all, because we're going to do tests and we're going to see if Intel is still beating uh, the M chip when it comes to like that nuanced stuff that I'm talking about, then I might be sending it back. But let's just say it kills it, I keep it, and then the new one comes out. I'll probably just would want it because it's the new shiny thing. And if I do want it, at that point, I'll probably lose, what, a grand, uh, $1,200, like selling it on eBay? Okay. Is $1,200, if I were to loan you a computer that you could have kept for seven months and it only cost you $1,200 for having the best machine on planet Earth with what you do, and then you pay $1,200 for seven months, would that be justifiable? Would that be worth it? And you don't have to answer it. I can answer it for you fuck yeah, it would be worth it. Like it's nothing, it's a bargain. So you have to think about these things from that perspective, from business perspective. Not to mention, if you own a company, you get write-offs. So a lot of the time, you wanna get these things because you wanna offset. They're like, okay, I made too much money. I gotta buy some crap. They call it CapEx uh, in the business world. So like when I used to work um, for a company like where my boss would 
actually yell at me. He would be like, I have $130,000 that we have to spend. Come up with stuff. And I would be like, dude, I don't even know. Like, maybe we'll get this, like, you know, Zeiss lens, like, and, you know, this, like, Master Prime. Like, I don't know. We don't need it. But we can get, like, a $10,000, $12,000 lens package, a $25,000 lens package. And he goes, yes, get it. Get it. What else? Uh, maybe we can get a panel. Get it. Because, you know, you need that, right? So same thing goes here. Uh, it's important. Sometimes when you're running a business, you have to offset things. So think about all of those decisions. All of a sudden, you're basically not even paying $1,200 for it if you sell it after seven months because you got the money back from Uncle Sam. So you actually ended up making money. So all of a sudden, like the decision is so easy. It's a no-brainer. And you're like, dude, I'm ordering one after I get off the line live with Kazi because it just makes all the sense in the world. Anyways, guys, this was amazing. Uh, love you guys. The energy always is just like top notch, 10 out of 10. I'll come up with something else next week. Um, I always appreciate and love you guys for sticking around. It means the world to me. So um, solutions for Mac Gamma Shift, watch my latest video. So the latest video is on exports. Go on YouTube and watch that video. So it, it takes you through and it actually tells you exactly how to counter that gamma shift issue. Love you guys. If you enjoyed this episode, then please leave a review. It helps so much. Subscribe to the podcast for more content and I will see you in the next one.